Oh my goodness gracious. I felt like a bad parent this morning. These kids are up here. One of them got an iPad. One of them got a Nintendo Switch. You know what my kids got? Clothes and a Bible. Like that's it. And, uh, and, uh, and <laughs> I mean, they got a little bit more than that, but it wasn't a puppy for crying out loud. Um, so you guys are amazing parents. Keep up the good work. Um, I wanted to talk about from the subject, and I, I don't know if it's an awkward title. During the worship, I was like, does it, does this, is, is this a made-up word? But I wanted to talk about intentional living. And I initially had gone with another title but around the same subject. But one, what I want to talk about is this concept of living intentionally. Now, you might think that that is kind of a, a mute point. However, I would argue that a lot of the time we just kind of live out of default in a organization, in a family, in a relationship, and any of those things, there is a culture. And a lot of times the culture can just be assumed. The way that you talk to your spouse, the way that you talk to your kids, the way that you talk to your friends or your coworkers, all of that... Um, Break it down to the way that you use your voice, whether you yell or whether you whisper, whether you manipulate, whether you are showing kindness, whether you are forgiving or you say, my family has always held a grudge and I hold, I'm holding a grudge and that's how it is. <laughs> or whether you say, well, we're just a really blunt and we just shoot from the hip and we just say how it is. I know in my family, that's kind of how we were. Like there wasn't a lot of like, if someone's feelings were hurt, it was like, well, I told you the truth. What's your problem? That didn't translate that well into my marriage, incidentally. Uh, I'm like, what? And it was like, no, because her family was a little bit more on the sensitive side. And so I've come a little bit more into that culture of being a little bit more sensitive. I'm a work in progress. Um, but, but I want us to have in mind as I'm thinking about this, just this concept that, that even the way that we talk to our kids, there was a time in our family just a few years ago that it was more common for me out of stress or whatever to just be like, ah, like stop. <laughs> and what that obviously fed into is then my kids picked up that culture. Well, that's what dad does. He's just like over the, over the, over the top. And for a while I was like, well, we're all very passionate people. I thought, no, it's, it's me as the dad, as the leader of the family, not setting a proper culture. And so I want to just talk about that a little bit this morning and challenge are thinking in that way. So we are to be purposeful about all aspects of life. I heard this phrase years ago, and, it, and, it, and it, it, someone said this word, and they said, they talked about this concept of being generous in gesture. And I thought, well, what the heck does that mean? And the truth of the matter is, is that you, we can be generous in our finances, we can be generous in our time, in helping people, in serving people, but we also can be generous in our gestures. Let me try and illustrate. When I started dating my wife, all of her friends ended up over the period of a few, the first few months going to her and saying, so is Jackson just like an angry kind of person or like what, what's his deal? And, and she came to me and she's like, what is your problem? And I was like, I don't, I'm not angry. Like I didn't, I'm, I'm fine, you know? And um, I used to be kind of more angry, but I'm a pretty happy guy, <laughs> but, you know, most, most, most of the time. And I realized that I was so in my own head, and I was thinking about something, you know, that probably wasn't even that important, and I wasn't self-aware. <laughs> T- 
to how I was being perceived by people. You will probably still get to heaven if you're a grumpy, you know, person. Um, but our goal is not only to get to heaven. Our goal is to be like Jesus. And so anyway, I came from the point in my life, like you, you, look me, you look at me talking up here right now and you think he always, he's just got this gift. Wow. Ooh. The truth of the matter is the first time I got up in front of a group of people and there's about five or six of them, I just, I had something prepared to share. I turned beet red. I mumbled over my words. It made no sense and kind of sat down and thought, well, public speaking is probably not in my, you know, my, my career path. Um, and so I had to do a lot of work. And then as I was, you know, growing into my pastoral ministry and the pastoral role, I realized that the way that I walk around and the look on my face actually makes a difference. And you might have the joy of the Lord inside of you, but I'm going to tell you something. If you don't wear it on your face, <laughs> nobody is going to notice. Um, so let's look at, and Pastor Drake kind of preached my message in, in a nutshell already. Let's look at the first verse of Scripture. It says this, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Just leave that up on the screen. A couple months ago, I was at work at Hope Mission, and uh, this guy comes up to me. And I think there was, was, I don't know if it was a mealtime or a chapel service or something like that. This young kid with like an epic beard comes up to me. And... uh, and he said, he, he just walks up to me and he says to me, he says, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, we deal with a lot of like, we, you know, mental illness to like, like drug induced psychosis to like people who are on something right in the moment. And I'm like, why you want, I felt like saying, why you want to hug me, dude? Like, what's up? Like, this is weird. And I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess we can hug. And so as I go in, this kid just falls into me and he starts sobbing. And I'm like, what the snap? And he's crying and I'm like, you know what, what do you do in that situation? You do like the three tap, right? It's gonna be okay, do you know what I mean, right? Like, and, uh, and so then he backs off and he's, like, he's pulling himself together and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And please, can I just have another? And he goes in and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> And he finally says to me, you've done so much for me. And I'm like, I have never, I'm honestly thinking, I don't know that I've ever even talked to you before in my life. And at that time I'd spoken at maybe one chapel service, maybe that he had been at, I don't know. Um, If it would have been the one I'm thinking of, in that service I talked about how, you know what, you don't have to, you know, I probably said the same thing here a million times, well not a million times, a dozen times, you don't have to wake up tomorrow and replay today. You can make a decision tomorrow to make a change in your life. Anyway, so he says, you've done so much for me. And I was kind of like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Um, And then he said, I've just, and then he says, I've seen you in the shelters and I've seen you around and the way that you've interacted with me and the way you've talked with me. And then he goes in for a third hug and I'm like, I I just said, you're going to be okay, dude. Everything's going to be fine, right? And he says, it is going to be fine. I actually believe that for the first time in years. I went and saw a therapist today, and I actually believe for the first time that everything is going to be fine. Well, I was blown away. And I'm not saying that because I think, yo, I'm so smart and so wise and so whatever. I'm saying that I'm telling you the first time that I spoke publicly, I was a mess. I'm saying that as someone who had to work on talking when I smile so people wouldn't think I was angry all the time. Um, 
so, so as, so I'm talking about that being intentional about the way that you carry yourself. And so as God's chosen ones, the writer says, he says, we're supposed to clothe ourselves. And Pastor Drake hit it on it so beautifully. Before this, he says, what you need to do is take off. Like there's all of this stuff like resentment and bitterness and all of that stuff. And he says, the writer says, he says, I want you to take that off, but I want you to put on some things too. When you get dressed in the morning, do you just put on whatever? Well, if you're a guy, you probably do. You're probably like, is it clean? You might give it a sniff. Yeah, it's not bad. Good for another day. If you're a good, I mean, if you're a woman, you probably put on, some of you, just be honest with me, how many of you put on six different outfits before you came this morning? Oh, we have some, some honest people. Um, but he, so the writer says, put on these things, clothe yourselves with these things. And it comes down to, I've honestly, evaluating the way that we communicate. Years ago, I read the book by Dale Carnegie, Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I don't remember very much about what was in that book, but I do remember a little anecdote in there. And it was about a man who was given the position of supervisor. And his job was to go around the work site and he was to ask everyone, why are you not wearing your hard hat? Do you not understand that this is a safety issue? And if you're not doing this, you know, our insurance goes up and this happens and this happens. And so the first day that he had his job as supervisor, he did just that. He went around the site and he went into the suites and he scolded everyone. And he said, why aren't you wearing your hat and what's the problem and what's wrong with you? you, You can imagine what he was met with when he interacted that way. His people were getting more angry and they were more frustrated at him. And so at the end of the day, with a headache, he goes home and he thinks, maybe I'll try something different tomorrow. And so he goes, and instead of taking it from the perspective of condescending, which means like a fancy word meaning to look down, kids, you learn a new word, condescending. Next time your mom and dad are talking to you, just say, mom, are you being condescending towards me? Because <laughs> we're all going to help each other out as a family, right? Changing the culture. <laughs> Um, so, so instead of being condescending and talking down to those people, he decided he would take a different approach. And so he went and said to the first kind of thing like, hey, is there a problem? Is your hat uncomfortable? Is there a reason that you're not wearing it? It's a subtle change, but honestly, if we would be the kind of people that would strive to live into 2020 that way, Those four amazing words that make all the difference help me to understand. Instead of just jumping to conclusions, instead of just assuming something, but looking at it from a different perspective. So, and that deals with putting on compassion. Well, compassion can't just look at a situation and think, what's wrong with them? Smarten up, grow up. Get on with it. Suck it up. Compassion is the ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Paul also, though, in this verse reminds us a couple things. Because when you understand who you are and you understand whose you are, that will affect the way that you live and the way that you interact with people in life. If somebody were to come to you this afternoon, come to your doorstep, interrupt your, your powerful uh, Sunday afternoon nap, and they were dressed in some kind of a royal garb or a military garb, and they were to say to you, 
you know, so-and-so has passed away in this magical country of, I don't know, Rakanda or something, I don't know. And no, nobody got that. That's okay. Um, thank you. Um, um, and they were to say, you're actually your royalty. And you've been living your whole life this time and you're actually of royal blood and um, you have an inheritance and you're, you're royalty. Now let me ask you a question. Would that change the way that you thought about yourself? That this whole time you're thinking, well, I'm not really that big of a deal, you know, whatever. And then someone comes and says, no, the truth of the matter is your royalty. Would it change the way you perceived yourself? Understanding that this whole time you had royal blood coursing through your veins. I think it probably would change the way you think about yourself. The good news is, is that Paul is reminding us here of just that. That we're God's chosen ones. That we're holy. That means set apart. God has set you apart from everyone else for a purpose. And he says that we are beloved, that God loves us. God not only loves you, but he likes you. Once we understand that and develop like a proper understanding of who we are and whose we are, it's gonna change the way that we behaved. We're among God's chosen ones. When we come into the family of faith, we become chosen and holy and set apart. Don't ever forget that, that God has chosen you, that you are set apart, that you are holy, that you are a son, that you are a daughter. You're not nonsense. You're not junk. You're not like one misled reformer said, you are not snow-covered dung. You are made in the image and the likeness of God. And Paul is trying to remind us of that as he says, listen, you're chosen, you're holy, you're beloved. So now understand because of who you are, dress like it. Dress the way that you are. And so he says, put on these things. And he says five things, compassion. Um, Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience as we've already heard. Compassion shows sensitivity to those who are suffering or those in need. I think we know that. The other thing about compassion is compassion is very much a verb. We read in scriptures numerous times that Jesus was moved with compassion. Compassion is not just a feeling. It's like it it, it pushes us into something. It pushes us into maybe empathy or it pushes us into a next step. You can't just sit there and feel compassionate for someone to be like, I feel really bad for you. must be terrible to be you. Compassion forces us to do something, to give an encouraging word, to give someone a hug, to shake someone's hand, to take them for coffee, to build them up, to send a text, to write a letter, to something. Um, it shows sensitivity to those who are suffering and in need. Kindness. Kindness manifests itself as a sweet disposition and, a thoughtful, and, and thoughtful interpersonal dealings. I think that we could change the world with kindness. Somebody needs to start a hashtag in a movement. Change the world with kindness. There probably is one. If they did and I got on that, I expect 15%. Okay. <laughs> We tend to rush through life, going to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And, and, and we forget about something simple like being kind, holding a door, smiling, shaking a hand. Like I know it's like stuff that your grandma and grandpa probably would have encouraged, but it seems like it might be missing sometimes in the current way that we live. Uh, kindness, so compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, 
is not behaving harshly or arrogantly or self-assertively, but with consideration of others. If, if there's been one sin that I have probably constantly sinned or one way that I've been a terrible example or one way that I have missed the mark so many times, it is in that area of gentleness. If you're like me, you wouldn't believe this, but I used to be like a bull in a china shop, like, what's the problem, you know? And, and, and I used to even say to people, Jesus doesn't tell us we have to be nice. Who cares? Jesus wasn't nice. I used to say that. And then I read my Bible. <laughs> and I realized how much God puts on gentleness and how much it is a mark of being somebody who is truly full of the Spirit. Listen to me. You can talk in tongues all day long. You can shock a boom, bomb, bay. But if you don't have gentleness and kindness and compassion coming out of you, then I don't know what spirit you're filled with. But it's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit fills us with those things like kindness and compassion. And you know, I'm not even, that we could go into the fruits of the Spirit. But if you are not walking, husbands, if you're not walking in gentleness towards your wife, no wonder you're having problems in your marriage. If you are harsh to her, if you are mean-spirited and you are condescending, <laughs> then no wonder she doesn't value the way you the way that you know you ought to be valued. And I am preaching to the choir a little bit here. I've got to be honest because my kids are in the front row. They're like, you're not always that way, Dad. Uh, gentleness, um, humility. Humility is having a realistic view of oneself. Have you ever, okay, this is bad, and if this is catty and everyone's offended, I'm not gonna tell it in the second service, but you guys, y'all love me. <laughs> humility is having a proper view of yourself. So not that you think of yourself more highly than you ought, but also not that you think of yourself more lowly than you should, Okay? So I have over the years, somebody does something, maybe they preach a sermon, they do a special song, something. And all, you know, you say, you want to encourage them? And they actually did a really good job. And, and you know, they brought their whole heart to it. So you know, I don't know, I'll say, you know, that was, that was awesome. You did, a, you did a great, that was, you did a great job. And there's like a side of me when they come back and they say, you know what? Don't, don't say it. It wasn't me. It was all God. Have you ever heard that? Maybe you've said that. You know what I want to say when someone says it was all God? I want to say, well, it wasn't actually that good. You know, I mean, if it was all God. Like, I would have expected some angels, like river dancing, you know, or something like that, right? Some fairy dust or like, I don't know, some bubbles in the air, like something. Like, anyway, humility is seeing yourself in the proper perspective, and the writer goes on, he says, next verse, um, bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, um, so also you must forgive. I think we've probably heard so much about this, um, but bearing with another, and, and just understanding, giving space for grace with each other. We all have those, what the old time preachers used to call extra grace growers, EGGs. 
Those people who are like around you and they might grate on you a little bit. Maybe their personality grates on you. All it is is an experience for you to grow. (laughs) It's just an experience for you to say, you know what? This person's grating on me, but I'm not just self-centered. I'm not, I'm self-aware, but I'm not self-centered. And so I'm going to look at it as an experience, no matter how annoying they might seem. Or it seems like they're this way. I'm, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm going to grow through it. And allow myself to grow. So bearing with one another. And, and um, if anyone has a complaint, forgive. It's so crazy how we allow ourselves to have room for faults and failures. And we, we, blow, we blow it or we, we make a mistake. We think, ah, well, you know, the Lord knows my heart. But then a lot of times we look at someone else and we think, we look at them, we think, I can't believe they did that. They go to church. They call themselves a Christian. And we don't give space for grace. It's important. Listen, as we go into 2020, give space for grace in your marriage. Give space for grace in your relationships. Give people room to stumble and fall. Give people room to make mistakes and allow yourself to grow through it. Can I have the band come up? Verse 14, above all, close yourselves with love. When you're getting dressed in the morning, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You and I will never look into the eyes of someone that God does not love. And so we must be generous in how we interact with them, in the words that we use. Every single person is going through something and many of us are fighting a battle that no one knows anything about. And it could be your words of encouragement, your words of upbuilding, instead of your words of tearing people down that will make the difference. And then he, yeah, I want to just stay in a calm mood, okay? Thank you. And then he closes out this section. Will you stand with me? And he says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I think that we have to start, even though this section ends with this concept of peace, I think that we need to start with this concept of peace because until we set an intentionality for our lives, living purposeful, until we have that, we're not going to be able to walk with compassion and gentleness and humility because we're walking around feeling empty. So I want to invite you to just do something as the worship is playing. I want you to take in a great big breath. All the way down to your toes. Do it two or three times if you need to just get it all the way in. We walk around just broken up. We sit in little boxes and we drive in little boxes and we look at little boxes at night. And we become little boxes of people. Stand up straight and breathe in. And when you breathe in, just breathe in the peace of God. Do it. Just breathe in. Lord, I thank you for your peace. Ruling and reigning on every heart. Lord, the guard, the soldier. Thank you for your kindness, your goodness. Lord, let your peace reign. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that Lord as we sit with you as we look upon you as we as we marinate in your presence we are changed and transformed into the very image of your son help us to do that Lord as we go into 2020 Lord to be intentional about how we live how we interact how we are in our marriages in our parenting in our friendships in our work um, relationships help us to be intentional and to get dressed properly every day. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. God bless you.